This is the Pipeline Podcast, where you'll get to know the next generation of Columbus Blue Jackets. Let's see who's coming down the pipeline today with your host, Dylan Tyre. Welcome back to the Pipeline Podcast. It's been so long, but it's great to be back with you. In case you're new to this, a couple seasons ago during the NHL pause, I was able to catch up with uh, lots of different Blue Jackets prospects to really get their stories, learn more about them, see where they were in their hockey careers, and see uh, what they were doing in hopes of making the Columbus Blue Jackets someday. Well, this offseason, the way the Blue Jackets are built changed a little bit. It's a much younger team. The prospect base has been rejuvenated. So I thought it would be an excellent, excellent opportunity to get back to the Pipeline podcast and let you know about what these prospects are doing and uh, what they're made of. So what better way to start out than with the Blue Jackets' top prospect, a guy that they drafted fifth overall this summer at the 2021 NHL entry draft. That's Kent Johnson. If you don't know a whole lot about Ken Johnson, well, this podcast is going to help you out because we cover a lot of different things, but I'll tell you a little bit about Kent right now, and he is a big-time talent. According to a lot of different people, Kent Johnson offered the most elite skill set in this summer's NHL draft, and he's showing exactly why right now in his sophomore season at the University of Michigan. So far through 12 games this year, Johnson is leading NCAA hockey with 20 points, 4 goals, and 16 assists on the season for Johnson. A six foot one, 167-pound winger right now for Michigan. He's from Port Moody, British Columbia, and I say winger right now because the Blue Jackets drafted him with the hope of being a center. But the way that University of Michigan roster is constructed, they've got the guy who was drafted number two overall this summer, Matty Beneers. He's playing center on the team's top line. Kent Johnson, too big of a talent to keep off of that top line. So right now he's playing on the wing alongside Matty Beneers. But do keep in mind that the Blue Jackets intend to try him out at center whenever he does become a member of the CBJ. So let's get right to it. Without further ado, here's my conversation with Kent Johnson. All right, Kent, so let's start off at the very beginning. I know you're a Canadian kid, so it's easy for all you guys to get into hockey, but what was really the inspiration for you? What got you into the game? Yeah, I think, uh, you know, I had an older brother, four years older than me, so, uh, like, just as a young kid, like, you always had a mini stick in my hand or not playing with him, so I think kind of just that, and then uh, obviously got on the ice and loved it. All right, so, you know, all you guys I know, as you trend towards the National Hockey League, everybody always says – you were the best player on your team growing up or one of the best players on your team growing up. Was that the case for you or was there kind of a point where everything clicked and then you were really like, okay, I'm starting to get this and now I'm the guy. Um, I think I was always pretty good, but uh, you know, like I was pretty small too, uh, like in Bantam and, and midget. So uh, like there was a couple of years where I was definitely not one of the best players on the team, but um, yeah, like as I kind of got older, it definitely started trending up. All right. So that kind of interests me. I, I've talked to some other guys, some other Blue Jackets prospects that have been, you know, quote unquote, late bloomers. So when was the moment that you really realized you were an NHL prospect or could potentially be an NHL prospect and, you know, be drafted? Because some guys it's relatively early and other guys, maybe it's later. Yeah, I think uh, probably my first year of midget, I started to really realize it. I had a really good coach uh, named Malko Belkovic who kind of helped instill a lot of confidence in me and he was really high on my game. And just said if I put the work in that I could go far. So that was huge. Going to college, why did you choose that route, the NCAA route? Um, yeah, I just think, uh, you know, with my older brother, he was kind of exposed to the NCAA path. And uh, I always just thought like college hockey would be really cool to play in. And I think seeing a lot of guys uh, 
you know, who played college hockey, like Quinn Hughes, Kale McCarr, Johnny Gaudreau, guys like that I looked up to, and I thought, you know, it's a really good path to, to jump right into to the NHL. Why Michigan then? I'm sure you were highly recruited by other schools, so why was it Michigan? Was it just that, you know, you obviously saw what they were putting together there and the track record of some of the guys here in recent memory, or was it, was it something else? Yeah, I think uh, just Michigan hockey has a really great tradition, and uh, obviously, you know, like it kind of had everything for me in terms of the hockey development, and obviously a great school academically too. So, um, yeah, and obviously Yost is a great rink to play in. You know, I want to talk about your season last year a little bit. You were one of the team's leading scorers as a true freshman there. Uh, you guys had a fantastic season, but unfortunately it had to end rather abruptly due to COVID. You know, you come back for your sophomore season. Was the decision made as, as soon as that happened that, you know, you wanted to come back, compete for a national championship with all these other guys? Yeah, definitely. Like, uh, I think, you know, all three of us were kind of, that was mostly the plan unless something really changed after the draft. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I think it, it made sense for me and my development. And then obviously, uh, yeah, it's just such an exciting opportunity here at Michigan this year. So, uh, yeah, we've all been loving it so far. Prior to this season, you're drafted fifth overall by the Blue Jackets this summer. A very, very exciting draft in Columbus for many reasons. You know, you get a high pick, you're able to pick you. Then they get Cole Sillinger at 12, Corson Kuhlemans later on in the first round. So uh, a great draft there. I know you guys all know each other relatively well. Great to get, you know, three first round picks, but all Canadian kids who know each other and have had the chance to play with each other a little bit now, even before coming to Columbus. But in that time before the start of your season from when you were drafted, what did you work on? You know, maybe you have the idea in the back of your head that you could potentially be playing NHL games when your college season's over with. So, you know, what was your goal this off season? What were you working on? What were you trying to improve on this off season? Yeah, I think a big thing uh, was my skating, like trying to get uh, faster, more explosive. Uh, and then also I'm still kind of working on getting stronger. So that's uh, probably going to be a focus for me uh, for the next you know few years, just as my body kind of fills out. And uh, yeah, so those are two main things. You obviously had a great freshman season. Like I said, you've been an excellent player for a long time. But what was the feeling for you maybe the first time back on the ice with your teammates at Michigan or maybe your first game of the season? Because kind of what I'm getting at here is, it has to feel different knowing you're not just a draft pick, but the fifth overall pick in the NHL draft. And you're playing with these other guys, first overall pick, second overall pick, fourth overall pick, all these guys. So is there kind of a different feeling for you where it's like, yeah, I was good before this, but now it's kind of been validated. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, maybe a little bit. I mean, I think, uh, you know, if, yeah, like, like you said, I, I mean, I should be confident coming into my sophomore season. And I think, uh, more so than getting drafted, just the work I put in the summer. And I think it's pretty natural, like going from, for anyone going from freshman to sophomore year to, to, you know, be better the second year. So uh, yeah, I obviously felt uh, pretty confident coming back. And that confidence has paid off through 10 games. You're currently leading Michigan in scoring. So I want to ask you, where do you feel like your game has progressed the most from your freshman season now to your sophomore year? Yeah, I think, uh, you know, just the game reps, uh, obviously, you know, like I think my skating a lot too this summer has helped me, uh, you know, be more of a threat uh, this year. And uh, yeah, just, you know, playing my second year, just kind of knowing college hockey better and knowing how to how to contribute and getting, you know, just every little asset of my game, I think getting a little bit better. What are the next steps for you? Where do you want to see your game go? Uh, I think just, I mean, obviously just keep going here with Michigan and hopefully, you know, our team can do something special and just I can be a big con contributing factor and, uh, you know, a great player on the ice every night for them. And then obviously I want to just transition smoothly to pro uh, whenever that happens.
Tell me about your team dynamic on Michigan a little bit, because like I said, you've got what four of the the first five picks from this past summer's NHL draft. You've got, you know, guys who are going to be first round picks, guys who have been first round picks in the past. So do you think playing around talent like that and just kind of being in that maybe pro atmosphere does prepare you for the National Hockey League? Yeah, definitely. I think uh, for a lot of reasons, uh, it's a great spot to develop here at Michigan. And obviously, you know, playing with other great players uh, obviously helps. And I think our practices are, you know, as competitive as they come. You know, we got a lot of great older guys, too. And uh, it's just, you know, it's never easy a day in practice. So, uh, yeah, it's an awesome spot to develop. Yeah, that's a good point that you have to practice against these guys. And, you know, it's similar to you know, you'll hear it with college football all the time. You know, the best teams have the best players. So they're playing against those guys in practice, which helps them improve. Is it kind of the same way with you guys out there that, you know, I not I know there aren't as many players as there are necessarily on a football team. But for example, when you're practicing the power play, you're going up against top penalty killers. So does it kind of work like that too? Yeah, definitely. I think, uh, you know, I could feel it from the start, like our mini games and practice or whatever. They're, they're just, it's such good hockey. So uh, really lucky to be a part of that. A couple weeks ago, I saw you score that ridiculous goal between the legs against Wisconsin. And, you know, I'm keeping up with your highlights like a lot of Blue Jackets fans are. And it seems like every week you're setting up your teammates with what look to be easy goals just because you're making such skillful passes where it's setting them up for easy goals. Is that what Blue Jackets fans should come to expect from you, that kind of playmaking style and maybe a little bit unorthodox in the way that you do things? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think – I'm not really sure about that yet. I mean, obviously, I got to transition to pro and, and do it at that level first. But, I mean, yeah, I d- definitely think, you know, I'm always trying to make plays out there. And, uh, you know, like sometimes I uh, can maybe make some more flashy plays. So I've always kind of been doing that. So, uh, yeah, hopefully that'd be awesome. You've mentioned it a couple times, that transition to pro hockey. And, you know, I want to go back to what you said earlier, the things you were working on, skating strength. Is that what you're most focused on in terms of translating what you're talking about, some of the skill to the pro game is that you want to be able to keep up and you want to have the strength to be able to compete. Is that like the key thing for you? Yeah, I think those are key to work on, but I also think, uh, you know, it's going to come to my mind too, like just uh, making plays at speed. And uh, I know like in pro, you got to make really sharp plays too, a lot of, a lot of good sticks to, you know, make passes around or whatnot. So I think, uh, you know, when the time comes to that, I'll, I'll probably, uh, you know, be thinking about my mind more so than, you know, you're not, you're not really going to be able to like work on your skating during a game or anything. So um, yeah, that'll be big. Have you been keeping track of what the Blue Jackets have done to start the season? Yeah, no, I've been trying to watch as many games as possible. And obviously, uh, you know, they've had a really good start. So it's uh, great to see. What are your thoughts on all the young guys that are contributing to the Blue Jackets? You know, you have so many guys that are new on this team. You've got Adam Boquist, Jake Bean on the back end. And obviously the guy that was drafted after you, Cole Sillinger, that has to be a little bit fun to watch, right? Yeah, it's awesome. It's, uh, you know, really cool to, to see, obviously, Sillinger's uh, success early on. Like he's... Uh, you know, obviously shocked a lot of people probably, but I mean, I could tell he's a great player uh, just from playing with him at camp. And then, yeah, like some of the new guys uh, came in. I mean, Beans had a really hot start and, uh, you know, Voracek's been huge for the team too. So uh, yeah, just a lot of guys playing really well. All right, Kent. Well, I appreciate it. Thanks again. And uh, look forward to talking to you down the road. Yeah, thank you. So again there, I want to say a great big thank you to Kent Johnson for joining me on our first edition of the Pipeline podcast for the 21-22 NHL season. Uh, Great to get to know Kent a little bit more. I really hadn't talked to him before that, so now I'm a, a little bit more familiar with Kent. I've been following his game all season long, and if what he's doing at Michigan this year is any indication 
of what he could bring to the Columbus Blue Jackets, fans should certainly be excited. Uh, I was able to catch up with Kent. That was prior to uh, this past weekend series uh, for Michigan and Penn State, a series that the Wolverines were able to sweep at Penn State. Kent Johnson was a big reason why, really concluding that series with an exclamation point in game two of Michigan's sweep in that series. Johnson had four assists, so obviously a guy who has a ton of talent, very, very skilled when it comes to dishing the puck. But that's not it for this week's episode. I was also able to catch up with the Blue Jackets Director of Player Development, Rick Nash. So this conversation with Rick does include moving into this new role, as well as a little bit of talk about Cole Sillinger and what he's brought to the Blue Jackets so far. But also, we're going to talk about Kent Johnson, what the Blue Jackets' thoughts are about Kent, what their hopes are for Kent, and the relationship that Rick and Kent have right now. So here he is, Rick Nash. I remember probably two years ago now, you talking to Bob McElligot right when you got hired back with the Blue Jackets as a special assistant to general manager Yarmo Kekalainen. And at that point, you weren't quite sure what you wanted to do in terms of, you know, hockey ops, a management role. Now you're in charge of player development for the Columbus Blue Jackets. Is this kind of what you think you want to do? Yeah, you know, it's it's been a fun learning experience to uh, to take over the player development. Um, it was fun for the last two years to kind of follow Yarmo around and just kind of figure figure things out on where I wanted to be. And Yarmo kind of presented this uh, position to me, and, and I jumped all over it. And I honestly have to say a big thank you to Chris Clark because he, he's the one that's been doing this for the last few years, and, and he's been a huge help. Uh, I have questions for him every single day on, on how to do this job and how to figure it out, and uh, he's been very helpful. This is pretty much a perfect time to step into your role, right? The Blue Jackets are the youngest team in the NHL right now, talking about, you know, a reload this offseason, three first-round draft picks, so many prospects now to look forward to. How exciting is this just as a time for you right now to step into this role with a guy like Cole Stillinger, with Ken Johnson, Corson Coolman's, all these guys the Blue Jackets have now drafted? Yeah, it's... Uh... It's it is the perfect time to be stepping into this role, but it, it's an important time too. And there's there's some pressure here that, uh, you know, our development team alongside Derek Dorsett and Yarko Rutu, uh, you know, Nicholas Backstrom, Brad Thiessen down in uh, in Cleveland, and obviously Chris Clark's still sticking with us and helping us. But it's a very important time with where the organization is and, and where the big club is um, as a whole, and kind of you know, where, where we want to be down the road, it's, it's huge that these prospects develop into professionals and develop into uh, what we envision as the perfect uh, Blue Jacket player. The player development process is always really, really interesting to me. You know, the communication, what it's like with you guys and the players, whether it's, you know, players that are in junior right now, players that are in college, because the Blue Jackets did draft two players in college right now in the first round. Uh, so what is that process like? How much are you in communication with these players, whether it's you, whether it's Derek Dorsett, Yarko Rutu overseas? What's that all like? Yes, yeah, good question. Um, so we, we kind of divided up our players into, uh, you know, into sections and style of play. And, um, you know, we try to watch all their games, at least their shifts. Um, you know, we try to get, get our, uh, our talks in as much as possible. I think the important thing is it's, it's a fine balance between not confusing these kids. They have a coach talking to them. They have their parents talking to them. They have an agent or an advisor talking to them. So 
you know, for us, I, I, which I didn't know about player development, is it's really uh, relationship building too, and making sure these guys feel comfortable and, and if they have any questions for you, and at the same time, trying to help them out with their individual game. Um, I don't think you want to get caught up in their team game. Obviously, that's why they have a, a coach there. But anything we can do to help them, that's what, what we're here for. Kind of like a sounding board uh, for them to bounce things off of. Yeah, something you said there intrigues me. It's almost as if you guys, in one way, you're, you're coaching them. You're trying to help them improve their game. But you're also kind of a bridge between this organization and that player. That you're kind of the person that they can go to when you know it's time for them to come here. They're coming in. So they feel comfortable with what's going on with the Blue Jackets. Am I correct in saying that? Yes, you're correct. Um, it's, it's, it's really a tricky uh, position because you're, you're trying to explain to them how good of a place Columbus is, um, how great the organization is, but at the same time you're trying to get them to that position, to get them to be a pro. And you want to coach them, but they have a coach, they have a team, they have you know parents, they have a bunch of people that are telling them so many different things. So yes, you want to coach them, but are you coaching them in the right way? If a team's playing a 2-1-2-4 check and, and he's being a passive F3 and we're telling him we want to be more aggressive for the style of play, but the team's playing something else, it's just a small example of how you have to build a relationship with the coach, with the player, and, and try to figure out what's best for him as an individual, not for a team game. It's, uh, it's, uh, it's pretty tricky. All right, I want to ask you about some individual players, and let's start with Cole Sillinger because... His case is an interesting one. It's similar to what you went through when you were drafted by the Blue Jackets because you were able to play right away, obviously. Cole Sillinger doing that as well, stepping into the Blue Jackets lineup and performing early on here this season. Does the development process with your team still continue with Cole Sillinger, or is it a little bit different for him because he's here right now playing in the NHL? For me, it's a little bit different. Um, I, I feel like I'm pretty educated on this position because I was I was him uh, you know 20 some odd years back and you know the, the whirlwind the roller coaster that he's been through in the last few months is, is crazy you know we, we drafted him we talked to him we tried to build him up uh, for his uh, Team Canada World Junior Camp coming into Traverse we spent a lot of time with him me and uh, Dorsett um, and then he goes and, and has a great training camp and makes the big club and you know he's he, he's trying to figure his pro game out and I'm sure his, his dad, Mike, is, is helping him out. I'm sure his, his agent and advisors and Lars and our coaching staff. You know, we, we have a lot of coaches down there that are helping out the big club players. Now, we obviously told Cole if he ever needs anything at all, we're, we're a text away or if, you know, he needs to talk to someone or, or has questions or anything, we're here. But I don't know, for me, how many people I wanted in my ear when I'm, when I'm playing at the NHL level. Um, for the other kids, it's important that we get them to be a Blue Jacket, but Cole's a Blue Jacket, and uh, you know, it's a fine balance of making sure that he knows we're here for him and not getting in his way. So when Cole Stillinger was drafted by the Blue Jackets this summer, was there a thought in that draft room that this guy could potentially play for us and you know, do what he's doing this season, or is this as big a surprise to you as it is almost everybody else? I mean, Cole talked about it. I've asked him about it before. And he said, yeah, that was my goal, but honestly, I didn't really expect to be here right now. Was that the case with you guys as well, or did you think that this was definitely possible? You know, it's, it's funny. I, I have to give a lot of the credit to our uh, amateur scouts. And, um, you know, these guys, it's fun to be in those meetings because these guys bang the table for, for Cole. And, and they, they've obviously seen him way more than, than we saw him up to that, uh, up to that point of the draft. So... 
it was impressive that they, they put their names on the line to, to get this guy. And obviously, Yarmo believes in his, uh, in his staff and made the trade to, uh, to be able to get a player like Cole. Um, now, did we expect him to be where he's at? Probably not. Um, you know, he was, he was part of the big picture uh, in, the, in the reload. Um, but since he's got to Columbus, I mean, he's handled himself like a true professional and a veteran in the NHL. And, you know, he kind of uh, walks in a room and, and kind of, you know, demands respect and, and demands kind of uh, all those things with the work ethic he brings. So it's been a very pleasant surprise, but I, I believe all the credit's got to go to the scouts. All right, talk to me about Kent Johnson now. He's the Blue Jackets' top prospect. What is the thought process when you draft that player fifth overall this summer? Yeah, well, I think, um, you know, obviously we're, we're trying to draft some centermen. And, um, you know, Kent's at Michigan right now, and he's playing wing, but he's playing wing with, with two other first-rounders pretty much and on a team with, I think, five first-rounders, uh, four of the last five picks uh, of last draft, top picks. So... You know, when we drafted Kent, we were all excited about his skill. Um, when you draft a player fifth overall, you, you obviously expect a, uh, a world-class player, and, and that's what Kent is. I mean, his skill, his hands, his hockey sense is incredible, and it's been, it's been fun for me to, uh, to get to know his game on the ice, but another huge part of it is to get to know him off the ice. Yeah, so what has that process been like, the communication so far with Kent Johnson? Are you talking to him you know, more so maybe than another prospect because he is that fifth overall pick and you know, the top guy in this organization, or do you treat him just like everybody else? Yeah, so I, I try to talk to all our guys, um, but obviously the way we have, have it divided, um, you know, Derek Dorsett and Yarko Rutu will get more touches on, on their guys. And with Kent being one of my guys, I, I, I talk to him quite a bit. Um, you know, I've been to a lot of his games already this season. And, you know, every time I see him, I try to explain to him how good Columbus is and how excited we are to have him um, as, a, uh, as a draft pick. Um, you know, so building that relationship with Kent has been, has been strong, and it's the same thing with, with my other guys. I, I truly believe it's important what they do on the ice, but um, I have to make these guys understand what it is to be a Blue Jacket and how much the Blue Jackets mean to the city of Columbus. And... Um, how excited they should be to, to try to earn a spot on this team. You know, I'm sure the transition is different from player to player, but what do you expect that change to be like for Kent Johnson going from playing wing in college to trying to play center in pro? Yeah, that's, that's definitely a tough jump. Um, you know, he's, he's, he's playing on a team that, it, you know, has been ranked number one in the NCAA and three, and I think they're two this week. So it's just, it's bouncing all back and forth, but... You know, obviously we drafted him as a center, but, um, you know, to, to come into the NHL and, and, and be a, a great center right away is tough. You know, so I think there, we, we, we have to plan for some, uh, for some growth once, once Ken gets up here. But, um, you know, it's, it's a good question, and, and each individual is different. I don't think we would have thought Cole could jump right in and, and do what he's doing, but, you know, he's doing it. So, you know, with Kent, we'll, we'll, we'll guide him along and, you know, after you get in those routines of playing wing, um, sometimes it's tough to jump back as a center, but the, the time will tell. What does Kent need to work on to get his game ready for pro hockey? Yeah, that's a, that's a good question. Um, I feel like we're diving into now, you know, me and Kent's personal conversations, and it's, uh, it, it's, it's fun. I, I think Kent has to put some weight on, and, um, 
You know, it's funny, when, when he's skating, he looks strong, and he's great at his edge work to, to use his edges to bounce off checks. Um, you know, he's six, over six foot, six one, and I think as he puts on more weight, he'll be more confident at uh, not putting himself in tough positions to take big hits. Uh, but I'm telling you, we're excited about this guy. He's, he's got world-class skill. Um, for our fans, if, if you go out and watch some of his highlights from this year, you know, he's, he's, his hockey sense is through the roof. And um, it's a very exciting time in our organization to have a guy like this developing at, uh, at that school up north. Well, you, you kind of hinted at it right there. And, you know, I've seen the highlights from Ken Johnson as well. It's special. And I like keeping track of what he's doing every week. And, you know, I, I've talked to Kent, and it seems like, Every time Michigan scores a goal, Ken Johnson is involved this season. Or, you know, he's making pretty passes that are setting up what appear to be easy goals. But he's making those plays for guys like, you know, Matty Veneers, who's scoring a lot of goals to start off this season, the second overall pick. But, you know, he's playing with Ken Johnson, and Ken's setting him up. And I think that speaks to, you know, the work the Blue Jackets did in scouting, that this guy is a true playmaker. And with that in mind, I want to ask you, and this will be the final thing I'll ask you. I'll appreciate the time, Rick. You know, what should Blue Jackets fans expect from Kent Johnson? Obviously, you said there will be a little bit of a process there and mm-hmm. adjusting to pro hockey, but the type of player he is, what should they expect? Yeah, that's, a, that's an interesting question because it's, I find the hardest thing in this job is to try to project players of where they're going to be and how they're going to fit in in the NHL. Um, I can say I've, I've been at the Yost, almost, the Yost Arena almost every weekend, and every time he touches the puck, the, uh, the fans are out of their seats. And this guy is an uh, exciting player to watch. And every time he has it, he's, he's making a, a high-end skilled pass or a skilled play. What should our fans expect? I think a, I think a true playmaker um, that has great hockey sense that can also score goals. You know, he scored some big goals and, and some real pretty ones. So I truly believe he's a, uh, he's a high-end offensive player. And, um, you know, as his NHL career goes on, hopefully... The, uh, the full 200-foot game will come around. All right, Rick, thanks very much. We appreciate it. Thank you. So just a great conversation there with Rick Nash. I really, really did enjoy talking with him, you know, not just about Kent Johnson, but what he had to say about Cole Schillinger and, you know, just moving into his new role as the Blue Jackets Director of Player Development. So I'd like to really say a big thank you to Rick again. That was really fun to talk to him about that. And uh, I do plan on having Rick back to talk about some of these other Blue Jackets prospects. We're going to do a little bit of a rotation every episode where we'll talk to people in the Blue Jackets hockey operation department, player development, uh, sometimes coaches with the Cleveland Monsters. So expect that as kind of a new aspect of the Pipeline podcast. We'll always talk with the player, but we're also going to get some other perspective from within the Blue Jackets organization as well. So one more time, a big thank you to Kent Johnson. Also, thanks again to Rick Nash for joining me this week. If you were so inclined, another big series this weekend for Kent Johnson and the Michigan Wolverines. They're going to take on Notre Dame up in Michigan, the number 14 Fighting Irish, a uh, two-game series this weekend, first on Friday, November 19th, then Saturday, November 20th. On Friday, a 7.30 start, Saturday, an 8 p.m. start, 
Both of those games can be found streaming online at BTN+. And then looking a little bit forward, you can see Kent Johnson in person in Columbus when the Wolverines come to take on Ohio State December 10th and December 11th. So a big, big series here in Columbus between Kent Johnson's Michigan Wolverines and the hometown Ohio State Buckeyes. So an opportunity there for you to see Kent in person. I'm certainly, certainly going to try and make it to at least one of those games. So, hey, maybe I'll see you there. That will do it for our first edition of the Pipeline Podcast for the 2021-2022 NHL season. I'm Dylan Tyre. Thank you very much for listening, and I will talk to you next time.